Let us help you reach your peak in retirement. It's time for Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. This is Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee and myself here to talk investing, finance, and retirement. And on this episode, we're going to talk values-based planning. We'll tell you what that means here in just a second. But what's going on, my friend? How you doing? Hey man, just back at it, trying to get back into the new year. Yeah, it's we are in a January. Yeah, we're doing this is our this is our first podcast of the new year. So, hope everybody had a good holiday. You and I were just chatting before we started. Glad that you guys had a good holiday. Ours was pretty low key. That seems to be the term everybody's using, low key. You know. Yeah, the, I mean, everybody that I talked to, they just hung out with their immediate family, or right. You know, New Year's parties were different. It was you know celebrate with the kids and and. I do, don't, New York, do New York East Coast time, so you're better, yeah. in bed at 10. I don't normally like really even care to watch the things. We turn on usually just for the ball drop or whatever, something like that. But we turned it on because we were curious. It was so strange looking. They had people in these little uh, sectioned off pods uh, for the New Year, you know, for the Times Square thing. It was just very weird, you know. It was odd, man. Yeah, the, we, didn't, we didn't watch any of it. We... Yeah, I think we did like 10 minutes right as the ball, you know, the final 10 minutes before the yep. new year kind of thing. Yeah. And then you run to bed. Like, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> or find a movie or something, right? Yeah. It was something, it was very strange. So I think, you know, low key or odd is uh, probably how most people describe their holiday this year. Uh, but anyway, let's go ahead and get into our show today, our podcast. I talked about values-based planning. You know, putting together a solid retirement plan, Sean, isn't always X's and O's. You, got, you and I have talked about that before or... Uh, you know, in baseball terms, we, you know, it plays, right? It was not always just about the dollars and the cents. Sometimes it's really taking whatever like focal piece matters to you most, matters to the client the most. And some people really want to build their plan around like this centric theme. And you could easily say that everybody does that with some of this stuff, but I, we're going to try to dive into that a little bit more. So I'll just start with the first one, which is family. Now you might say, well, of course I want to think about my family in retirement, but some people, uh, people more than others come in and sit down with an advisor and say, look, everything I do with this retirement plan has got to involve my family. And others will say, Hey, you know what? They're grown. They're on their own. They're doing their thing, whatever the case is. Right? Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's, we look at this and I, I actually have, been really drawn to this type of planning, this values-based planning. I just read a book. I can't remember the author's name, but it was it was called Die With Zero. The gentleman who wrote it, he was a hedge fund manager and he managed well over a billion dollars and made that's how he made his money. And so it's easy for him to to be like, hey, give all your money away. You know, spend everything you have, die with zero. But some of the philosophies and ideas in this book really resonated with me. Because it does, he does talk about family. And, and when you look at, at family, there's a whole lot of different viewpoints on this. You know what? My kids can fend for themselves. Or I want to give money to my kids when I die. I want to make sure that I pass something on to them. But if you take that a, a step further in your planning and, and really look at what does my money mean to me? What do I want my money to accomplish? What do I want? What experiences do I want to have when it comes to the money that I've accumulated? And, and look at it really as, uh, as a, a way that you can provide for your family and for yourselves and, and really create this evolution of wealth, right? And I like that so term, when you evolution at, of wealth. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And I, I just made that up. So I don't <laughs> coin it, coin it, coin it right <laughs> <I> know, right? <laughs> but, you know, this, this velocity of money. And when you, when you think about your family, think about, okay, am I saving all this money now to provide for my family when I'm gone? Or can I use some of my money and some of the things that we've worked hard to accumulate 
to provide experiences for my family or to give my family the money that I that I would have given them at age 85 or 90 when I die, can I start to give that to them now when they need it the most? Because let's let's be honest, if I die at 85, my kids are 60, they should have been able to accumulate their own wealth. But you know, if I'm 50 and my kids are, you know, 25 and they're just starting out and they need that boost, that money that I can give them is going to be way more powerful at 25 for them than it would be at 60 to make it a great impact on them. That's interesting. Yeah. And and I think people are starting to look more at these specific values, you know, values-based planning versus just saying, hey, you know, give me a traditional type of retirement. Some people people are really starting to come in and say, there's something that's more important to me or I want to gear it a certain way. And so we're going to continue on with that theme. Another one has been faith. And this has gone, this is interesting, Sean, and I don't know how much you guys are seeing this, but I know with faith-based planning, some people are really strongly adamant that everything in their retirement plan try to be aligned with their moral beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether it's you know, I, I don't know. Let me just go with a hot topic. Whether it's hey, we don't believe that you know in marijuana, for example, and that's a stock mm-hmm. that people have been getting into. So we don't. We want to make sure that's not in our portfolio. Things like that. Are you seeing some of that as well? We do. We see. Hey, Sean. Because of my religious beliefs, I don't want alcohol or tobacco. In right, that kind of thing. Yeah, and, or you know, cannabis, marijuana holdings, and that's okay. Like, sure, you could still build a, a really strong portfolio without some of those companies in it. And, and when I look at at the investing side, it's really hard to do that if somebody's wrapped in a whole bunch of different mutual funds because you have no control on the underlying investments. True. But, but when you start to create and and build a plan that's that's more unique and customized to you and is more institutional, which means that you go direct to the source and you're buying individual holdings rather than funds, you have the ability to control. Yeah, I really don't want Philip Morris. I mean, I use that as an example. Sure, but, right. You know, maybe I don't want that company. You had the ability to to remove holdings from the portfolios as they fit your beliefs and your desires. Yeah, and I think, and then we can go into the next part of that as well. And then sometimes people come in and say, "Look, I really want to leave uh, a significant, you know, maybe from the legacy side, they really want to leave a significant portion to their church uh, or their faith, whatever that might be." Some people, you know, even do RMDs, right? You don't need the RMD distribution for yourself. So people want to know, "Hey, can I gift this to the church?" Things like that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, that's another part of it. If I don't need my, my required minimum distribution, I can do a qualified charitable distribution to the church Mm -hmm. and have it not even hit my tax return. And, you know, there's, there's lots of different ways to to do charitable giving and and tax planning. When I look at, at overall planning and we talk about values-based planning, there's two aspects to it, right? Of your plan. There's the financial aspect, which is easy. It's math. I mean, that's, Numbers are the numbers, terms. right? Yep. And, or, and then there's the, the goals, beliefs, values, and desires. And if you can intertwine those two together, you're going to have a plan that's unique and as customized as you are. I mean, it's kind of cliche to say that, but the hard <laughs> part usually isn't the math. The hard part is building the strategies to match up with all those goals, beliefs, values, and desires. Right. Well, you know, because it's not like humans are complicated or anything, right? So. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we're all robots. We're all robots. Exactly. All right, uh, moving right along here with values-based planning. Uh, I've also got career on this list as well. You know, there are many folks who you may be re- retiring from 
I don't know, that, that long-term job or that big career, uh, or maybe not. Some people, you know, just are like, I plan on not retiring. Maybe if you're self-employed, you're on your own business, you know, even you, for example, you know, right? So a lot of people say, I know a lot of advisors that are uh, getting on up there in, in age and they're like, I'm 68, 69, 70 years old. I don't plan on retiring. Career is really important. So they're still, but they're still building their portfolio or their plans or whatever their legacy is tied to that career. Yeah. And when I look at the career side, that's I don't want to ever plan on, on having to work, right? Because that's a slippery slope. If who knows what the next corrections when that's going to come, and are there going to be mass layoffs or you know whatever it may be. Right. When we look at the career side, let's let's look at freedom. Let's look at control of your life. If if something happened to your job tomorrow and your retirement age, can you actually retire? If you can. Cool. Work as long as you want, as long as you're able to, as long as your company will have you. If you can't, well, you've got to have some sort of plan put in place to to know that you're going to be protected and getting to a situation to where you could retire if that time came where you were forced out. And you could go find another job if you wanted to. But for me, it's all about the control. if If I wake up tomorrow and I know I don't have to work, I like working. But if my company came to me and said, we don't want you to work here anymore... And I had the flexibility to be like, all right, fine, cool. See ya. <laughs> right. that, that, there's power in that. And there's some comfort in that. And, and you'll actually probably do a better job at your job if you have that sort of clarity. And I think that also gives you some flexibility for a second career, which a lot of times is what winds up happening. People come in and they say, look, I really enjoy, I don't want to retire to the front porch. I want to be doing something or whatever the case is. So I've got this idea for a second career and I want to make sure that, you know, I'm funding my portfolio appropriately so, so that I have, you know, X number of dollars or whatever going towards this new venture type of thing. So it's all about the planning. It's all about the mm-hmm. conversation and sharing what you're, what's really most important to you in your retirement. Uh, and let's, I think we can squeeze in one more here, Sean, this week, and that's education. Uh, and maybe this is one where you're the first person to you know go to college, or maybe you're not. Maybe nobody in your family had gone, and it's really, really crucial to some people that their their kids you know go, their grandkids go. Like they want to set up their retirement plans or their legacy plan where they know that they're making a significant contribution to their family's continuing education. Education is getting more and more expensive. I mean, that's exactly that, yeah. That's the reality. I mean, the student debt is is higher and higher. I was a you know, I I grew up in a single parent teacher household where we didn't, my mom didn't make a ton of money. And so for me to go to the college that I went to, I had to be on scholarship and I had to take out some student loans. And I, I think that that part of it, having to borrow some of that money was, and it ended up for the four years I was there, I paid a year worth of tuition. And, and having to borrow that money, I took ownership. So I wanted to get out of college in four years and, and get on the road, pay those student loans off as quick as I could. So I wasn't saddled with with debt right and and when i look at my kids now i don't want them to necessarily have to go through that you know i think that it's important to have some skin in the game um and, and we we pay we pay for my kids to go to school right now in in elementary and middle school and that's a that's a big you know belief of our family is we want them to have the opportunity to get into college and have the opportunity to to potentially get scholarships and then have to work as as well. Uh, but I think that a lot of families that we see have the same goal in mind. I get questions all the time about what state should we do a 529 plan in? Or how do we set money aside for our grandkids 
because we're financially stable, our kids are financially stable, but we want to make sure that our grandkids have the ability to go to to college or a trade school or just have a, a chunk of cash to start their life, like we talked about earlier, and right. build a business or whatever it may be. To have that avenue, to have that outlet. Yeah, and you know, I, I think, and, I, and you mentioned the trade school thing, and that's kind of interesting, and I, I hope more people you know, do kind of come in with that kind of thought process as well, because we're seeing a real shortage of that, not just in the United States, but actually globally, where for the last, you know, 10 years plus, everybody's put such a focus on going to college, and we've been getting these different things, and the debt is so high. And a lot of times these degrees, unfortunately, just aren't translating to the real world. And there's a real shortage of tradespeople. And that can be a real valuable tool for maybe a grandparent or something to help set something up for a potential child who may not uh, have those aspirations of college. Maybe that just doesn't isn't for them, but they're really good with their hands and things like that. Uh, the carpentry work. I mean, we we built in some some custom cabinetry in our house when we built it, mm-hmm. and then my wife did a custom like dresser for our room. Right. I couldn't. Be- I, it fits our room perfectly, and we're gonna have it for you know fifteen or twenty years. Right. I couldn't believe the what they the the carpenter could ask price wise. Oh yeah. And the work is beautiful. Yeah. And we're doing a table here in our office, hopefully soon. And I mean, that custom woodwork and, and doing that, that sort of work, it's because less and less people are doing it. It's becoming more and more of and a... And they can charge accordingly, yeah. Yeah, lucrative business yeah. for people. Oh, no. I, I know a bunch of people... Uh, a bunch of guys, you know, in the, in my area here who, uh, you know, have a, you know, a concrete business or an electrician or general contractor mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, carpenter to your point, and they are in such demand, they can't keep up. I mean, they've got thriving, growing businesses, uh, and they are just rocking and rolling because there's a real deficiency in trades. Uh, and so, again, that may be important. That may be what really matters to you in your retirement and kind of funding the things that you want. And again, it, what may be most important to you is just having fun. We'll finish off with that. And if that is the case, if you're not one of those folks who want to do a bunch of stuff for others or whatever the case is, hey, don't feel bad about it. You worked hard for it, right? So there's nothing wrong with also just saying, you know, Sean, especially after 2020 was such an interesting, you know, tough year. They, somebody comes in and says, I just, we just want to, we just want to have fun. We just want to make that happen. We want to make sure our portfolio or our plan is set up in such a way that we've got this fun bucket of money. I have not gone on an airplane for 10 months. And usually my wife and I, uh, I'm either traveling for work mm-hmm. uh, or we're going to take a quick little trip with the family. But I'm on, I'm on a plane about every month. And, you know, when my wife and I were talking about coming into 2021 mm-hmm. and I'm having the same conversation with a lot of families we represent, money hasn't been spent and it's just piling up for, for a lot of people that have wanted to take trips and things like that. And like my wife and I, we're gonna blow out a trip. Kids are going. Like we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna do it right once we can safely do that. Right. But I'm telling a lot of our families that we represent. Listen, let's make sure that you have money set aside, ready to go, ready to deploy out into the marketplace for travel or whatever. Because there's going to be a time where you're comfortable and you're ready to go, and you're gonna want to go, and you're gonna want to do it big. And let's just make sure that it's ready to go for you. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, so from my my perspective, spending money isn't necessarily a bad thing, um, as long as you know that long term you're going to be comfortable. And where we where we get nervous about spending money is when we don't have clarity about the success of our plan. 
That's really where it comes from. Yeah, and you see that all the time with people who are just afraid to spend money in retirement because they just don't really know if they're going to be okay all the way through it. And that's why getting that good plan in place is going to help you really identify those places, those shortfalls, if there are any, or give you that confidence to go out and do the big trips or do the big you know, family things or whatever, you know, do the education or faith or whatever it is that we've talked about today that might be important to you. Having that plan is going to allow you to, to know what you can and can't do. You know, and some people sometimes think, well, a plan is going to be restrictive. It's not going to allow me to. No, it's just going to give you that roadmap and that guideline so that you can do it confidently uh, no matter what is important to you. So that's our values-based planning podcast for this week. Uh, we are into early January here, so we hope that you had a great holiday. And if you haven't subscribed to the show yet, please do so or uh, consider doing so. We'd certainly appreciate it. You can simply find it all at retirementelevatedpodcast.com. That's retirementelevatedpodcast.com. You can find us on Google, uh, Apple, Spotify, so on and so forth. If you are an iPhone user, just open Apple Podcasts. It's already pre-installed on your phone. Type in Retirement Elevated in the search box. You'll see it pop up there, and you can just hit the little heart button, I believe, is how you subscribe. Things like that, and uh, we'd certainly appreciate that. And, of course, if you know someone who might benefit from the message, share the podcast with them as well, and they can pick up a useful nugget or two of information along the way. And that's going to do it for Sean and I this week. If you have any questions or concerns like anything for any show you hear, not just ours, you should always check with a qualified professional how it might relate to your scenario at 855-50-RETIRE. That's how you reach out to Sean and his team, 855-50-RETIRE. Sean, I'll catch you next time, my friend. Have yourself a good week, okay? All right, brother. Thanks, man. Take care, stay safe, stay warm, and we'll talk to you soon here on Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee. Investment advisory services offered through Elevated Capital Advisors, LLC, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor.